You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. Alright, hello, this is David Pasternak. I have read zero books in my life. I just farted. Right, Andrew. <laughs> Another W. Uh, getting tired of all this winning, man. I'm talking about me, man. Even <laughs> though it didn't make the cut, it didn't make the cut. But again, my prediction was right. <laughs> for, yeah, for those, for those, and I, I will, I will confirm this, and you know that it's truthful because I don't like being wrong, and I'm going to admit to being wrong. Uh, last week's episode or last episode of the short shift, Thomas predicted that the Bruins would take three out of four points from the caps. I predicted they would take all four. Thomas was once again, right. This is getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Three out of four points on the road is, is not going to get old for me. I'll take that every time. The, the manner of which they got those points was kind of, a negative and also an extreme positive, obviously. You don't want to see them go into the hole every night. But the fact that this team is capable of digging themselves out of the hole is at least some sort of positive sign for me. Uh, the team has heart, and they they showed it two nights in a row. Again, you don't want to see them do it like that every night. It's, it's going to wear on you, but that's Cardiac Kid's idea, man. That's what they do, and they've done it before. And if anything, they just showed that the Bruins very well could be better than them. And they, they showed that they're at least capable of being better than them on, an, on a night-in, night-out basis. In my opinion, I think they were. They just started so slow in those two games. And maybe there was a little bit of adjustment. Uh, obviously, you heard in that intro, Pasta's back, and it was a welcome sight, uh, especially last night with the two goals. Man, that offense just comes alive those last 25 minutes, and the first 35 minutes of that game, you might as well just take a break. It's not sustainable if they keep playing like this, but man, is it exciting. <laughs> it is very exciting to watch them, to watch them put the foot on the gas. Pasta. Pasternak it has gone to the Craig Smith school of pucks on my stick. Better shoot it. <laughs> the first two games of him being back, he has not shots on goal, but attempted shots is 25 attempted shots. He's making up for lost time, dude. That's all exactly. he's doing. 
<laughs> exactly. And I want, I, I want to keep seeing that. I want to keep seeing that. And even when, even when he started slow in the first game, you can see his, his brain, his mind is sharp as ever. He he had ideas. He had ideas with the puck that few players in the NHL would even try. It's just his body had to, had to spend a little bit of time to catch up to catch up to his brain, mm-hmm. but it's finally there. And last night he showed that just a couple of absolute piss missiles for goals. The second goal, the first goal was great, but the second goal I want to kind of touch on a little bit because of the setup by Jakob Zaborl. Coming down the wing, right on his tape, fires it. And being very, the defense being very aggressive, being able to be activated. They are so much faster now than they have been in the last few years. And it's such a welcome sight to see because it will open up a lot more opportunities for the Ford core. And you have guys like Craig Smith and you will have guys like Craig Smith and Jake DeBrusque when he comes back and David Krejci and obviously the top line that are going to, that are going to benefit from it. Uh, In regards to Pasternak, I definitely got the feeling, at least in the first game, I was able to like mentally justify the fact that it was a little bit of a slow start, seemed a little bit out of sorts. The team was trying to figure out their stuff. It wasn't just his line, obviously, but these are the mental hurdles that we as Bruin fans are capable of. I think with Postit, we just needed to see that that first hit. He needed that game speed that you're not going to get in practice. You're not going to get in a scrimmage. I think he got a little bit involved in some physicality, uh, learned to trust his hip, and... Towards the end of that game, even though he didn't have a goal in the first game, uh, he had a number of really good shots. He had a number of really good shots on goal, and I welcomed his play. It was nice to see him uh, out on the ice, skating with the boys, looking looking like pasta, but it wasn't until game two that, wow, yeah, this dude, this dude's an elite player in the NHL, and for us to have the record that we had before he came back is is a Extremely welcome thing. It reminded me of uh, when the Pats had Brady, but he was suspended for the first four games. Mm-hmm. To come out of that at 500 was a gift. And right. the Bruins came out much better than 500. They they came in just behind the caps. And and that, that brings us to our notes here. The Bruins measured up to the class of the East, or are they are they the class of the East? And I think that's a fair question. What, what do you actually think about that? I think... As of right now, as of this recording, they are the class of the East. They have shown to be, after that admittedly slow start, they have shown that they can, that they can get up, they can get up for the big ones and they can come back from the dead. Those two games, they came back from the dead to salvage three out of four points. Like I said, it's not going to be sustainable. You don't want to keep going into the getting into that situation, obviously, but they are the top team in the East right now as we speak. And I know the team that we're going to play next, we'll get into that in a little bit, are have ripped off some have ripped off some wins and probably could stake a claim to being the class. But I think after beating the Penguins, who admittedly are struggling but are still that who's who are still stuck to the gills with star power and taking seven out, basically taking seven out of eight points from the penguins and the capitals. You are, 
you are the you are the standard as of right now. Now, with regards to digging out of the hole, what exactly do you think put us in the hole? Because I have my theories about what was wrong with the Bruins in the first game and the second game to start off. Uh, a lot of blame was going around on Rask. He should have had those, et cetera, et cetera. We have to also take a look back. He did get hurt in that second game against Pittsburgh. So maybe he wasn't 100% in that first night. And then Halak took one off the throat in warm-ups uh, to start that game. And, and yeah, there was, there was some soft stuff going in. However, they, they both battled. Neither guy got pulled. And they locked it down towards the end of both games. What still impressed me, even though they both had rocky starts, it's going to happen. You have to take in, into consideration that not everybody's going to be perfect every night. When it's a goaltender, it's more noticeable uh, than if it's McAvoy. McAvoy can have a bad shift, and Lazan could pick him up, or whoever whoever's out there with him could pick him up. Bergeron could pick him up. But to pick up a goaltender, is that's a totally different thing. So if the goaltender's going to have a rough start to a night, it's going to show up on the score sheet a lot quicker than a forward or, or McAvoy or Zaboral has a bad shift. That's Absolutely. just my feeling. I, I don't want to make excuses for either guy that there was definitely some questionable shit that was going on where I wasn't exactly happy with what was being scored, but holes happen yeah, those, sometimes. Those two, those two goals in 11 seconds um, in this, and though that, that was rough. That was a total team. Those were total team efforts. That second goal on Sprong, especially you're not going to get any softer than that. They let, they let Daniel Sprong skate right in to Halak's kitchen while everybody is going back. And then he just fires off a shot five hole. Yep. You, you, got, you gotta have that. But to both Halak and Rask's credit on Saturday, when, uh, when, and Rask's credit on Saturday, when, when McAvoy tied the game with 50 seconds left, Rask made a couple of massive saves with about 25 seconds left. He picked himself up on that one. Yeah, he was and, the reason we even got a point out of that game. Exactly. Exactly. Cap the Capitals were rushing, and that, by all rights, that should have been a goal. But Rask made huge saves, and Halak held the fort down that allowed the Bruins to come the, to come back. And there was a lot of factors in that in that second game and last night's game. You could talk about Pasternak scoring two goals. You could talk about Halak holding it down. You could talk about and. I'm usually very reticent to talk about this as a something that shifts the momentum, but I'm going to talk about it. And I think you know where I'm going. Trent Frederick finally got his wish and went up against Tom Wilson. And more than the fight sparking the team, getting Tom Wilson off the ice for five minutes. I, I honestly, Trent Frederick. I'm glad you said that because honestly, I think that was the bigger part of that. Mm-hmm. For five minutes in a crucial part of the game, you took away one of their most physical forwards who mm-hmm. was essentially a last line of defense because their defense was falling apart in mm-hmm. that third period. They were a sieve. And what was it, 15 to five in the third? They got outshot 15 to five in the third. They were on their heels the entire, the entire third period. And that's mm-hmm. the positive of what we saw out of Boston. Are these three goal comebacks sustainable? Fuck no. Like, you can't do that every night. I don't want them to do that every night. I can't watch that kind of hockey every night. Sometimes We're too young you just to die, Thomas. We're exactly. Too young to die. I've got a kid to take care of. I need, to, <laughs> like, <laughs> I need, I need my my chest to not feel like it's in knots 
mm-hmm. at nine o'clock, nine thirty at night. But yeah, don't need that. One of the one of the things also I I used this as an opportunity to kind of defend the goaltending, but another thing that was glaring to me, and it's kind of been an issue for the entire year, but it really stood out to me was these penalties are fucking killing this team. And the games are getting shorter and shorter because of how much time they're playing down a man. Not to sound like a complete homer, but a few of, a few of those calls have been very skeptical. The, the, the Kevin Miller interference that started the game yeah. last night was, what, what, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? But to your point, I absolutely agree. Um, the penalties have been an issue. I love the penalty killing unit. It's been great to start the year. I've seen enough of them. <laughs> I've seen absolutely enough of them. Well, I mean, we it's the strength good. of the team. We know you're good. So Take a break. Yeah, it's, it's a strength of the team. So it's like, oh, let's go ahead and uh, feature that. Let's mm-hmm. get some airtime. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And unless you're scoring shorthanded, unless you're scoring shorthanded, which I believe they only have one shorthanded goal this year. Um, no, I don't do not. Don't want that. So there is a little bit of undisciplined play happening. Um, and I'm not afraid to admit that. But there is some ticky tack. There's it's column B, column A, column B situation going on yeah. here. But I absolutely agree. They they gotta they gotta know what the baseline is for some of these calls and not meet them. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is the NHL. There's going to be calls against every team that honestly, in retrospect or upon review, look like complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. Not everything's gonna be perfect. It traditionally evens out by the end of the games. It's obviously gonna feel a little bit more swayed towards us because it puts us in a situation where we're not happy with or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's, it's usually pretty split down the middle. They're going to make the same mistake towards both teams. Sure. My thing I mean, is they had an opportunity. They had an opportunity during the five on three earlier in the game. And when mm-hmm. I thought, I thought they lost when they couldn't capitalize on it. Yeah, that was, so. that was, that to me was a spot where I got up and walked away for a couple of minutes, to be honest. <laughs> The, there was absolutely no puck movement whatsoever, and I was like, "All right, this is this game's a wash." But I, yeah. you know, that's why we keep well, watching. They, they looked flat, mm-hmm. and they did that in the first game too. And then out of nowhere, with four minutes to go or whatever it was in game one and and game two for that matter, all of a sudden the team looks like they're skating harder and they're building up their speed and they're moving the puck better. But that that may ask, actually be a contributing factor to why they're taking more penalties is because these players are used to a different speed, I think. They're, the Bruins are noticeably faster, and that's going to lend itself to some sloppiness. So it's it may take a little bit of adjustment for the team to really figure out their style of play. But they've they've honestly, they've in multiple games, they've looked like two different teams in one half of the game and the other. Right. And it, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, like, you know, controlled chaos versus uncontrolled chaos. I mean, if they're still adjusting to the speed of their team and they're six, two and one, what does that mean when they finally adjust? Yeah. What is this team going to look like when they put it together? Exactly. Yeah. They haven't fully put it together yet. I think that's, I think that's very obvious. We, have played a lot of close games to start the season, both in the negative, both in negative and positive ways. Yep. But we haven't had, unless you count that four, one victory, which unless you count that four, one victory at Pittsburgh, we haven't had that one true blow them out of the water type of game just yet. Yep. 
these close games, these close games and being able to salvage points when you're not at your best has definitely shown their mettle. I put out on uh, on Twitter in the middle of the game the other night what the Capitals and Bruins head-to-head was, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was glaringly negative towards the Bruins. They played like, 56 times and won 14 of them. That something tweet, like that. That tweet was burned into my brain, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, that was that was, that, that was the Holtby. That was the Holtby. That was when Braden Holtby, you know, screw Jeremy Jacobs being majority owner. Braden Holtby owned the team for a bit. I feel like most of those losses mm-hmm. were also on the road. They were in Washington. Mm-hmm. I don't remember until last night. I don't remember the last time Washington actually stepped in there and, and took a W because they didn't just win the game. They took the win mm-hmm. yeah, out from the right. Capitals. And that was beautiful to see. Unfortunately, in both games, the slow start allowed for a solid hour to an hour and a half of the the Chara end of Bruins Twitter to get so fucking loud and so incredibly miserable. Nobody As can if, see this right now, but my head is in my hands and I'm grabbing my hair. Yeah. Ugh, I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of this conversation. We have but, to have it. We obviously have to have yeah. it, but I'm so tired of it. I don't know what the Bruins need to do other than just dominate. And honestly, you're going to have to make them look silly. But how often does Chara actually look silly compared to he just doesn't look that good on, on said shift? That's the problem. You're not going to go out there and embarrass Chara. And, and honestly, I don't think that locker room necessarily wants to go out there and embarrass Chara. But Chara's minutes are going to go down. He was on the ice for the tying goal on Saturday. Everybody yes. seems to forget that. Yeah, yeah. And even though he scored yesterday, where did he end up on his plus minus? Because that was an argument that everyone was giving you. And <laughs> Oh, plus, you saw that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, the, the plus minus bullshit. Like, that's the, the most important stat, right? You want to look at the plus minus. You can't give him all the credit and not give him the blame. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's, it's a bullshit stat. Or what did you call it off the air? Dog food stat? It's a dog food stat. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's dog food. If you're taking a – not to get into too much of a rant here, I'll kind of – I'll truncate it a little bit. But if you're going to take plus minus as a stat into account, the biggest value it has is as a team stat. Yes. The only times it, it should be measured as an individual stat is during extreme cases. See, last year, Andreas Anthanasiu had a minus 46. Man, that's not good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 a, it's a team stat. Real quick, um, do you know who leads the NHL in plus minus right now? This will give you an idea of just how much of a mind fuck of an individual stat it is. Do you know who uh, leads the NHL in plus minus right now? I have no idea. Now I'm nervous to even hear it. Joel Edmondson. He is a plus 14. <laughs> Do you I'm, think he's an elite defenseman in the NHL? I think there's a very good possibility that he's making 10 plus million dollars next year because of that stat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Best Bobby, Orr, move, Bobby Orr, move the fuck over. Yeah, I mean, you might as well just give him the Norris right now. So Yeah. So, like, I, I, I know plus, plus minus has a benefit in seeing where a team is, but if you are taking it as an individual statistic, Chara is a plus eight right now. He's part of a very, very good team. It's not just him, I promise you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dog foods, it, it, for what people want to 
take it as it's complete dog food. I, I purposely shied away from some of the Chara conversation. Uh, when mm-hmm. it popped up, I just just kept scrolling because I didn't want to get caught in the wormhole. Let's mm-hmm. be honest with ourselves, guys. Mm-hmm. This team looks... We'll, we'll start with just saying this team looks different without him. That's a given. Mm-hmm. It is not impossible to make the argument that this team looks better. In fact, I think it's extremely easy to make the argument that this team looks better without Char on the ice. Man, I don't, you're inviting it, dude. You're inviting it. <laughs> well, luckily, we don't play them again for another couple of weeks. So the Char talk can, can settle down. And God, I will put my, uh, my streak of being right about a lot of shit, including my predictions here, <laughs> specifically my predictions. Specifically just that. <laughs> specifically just the predictions. Uh, I would put that on the line to say that his minutes will drop. For a number of reasons. One. What did Greg Young say? What did Greg Young say in our interview last episode? He's in there because of injuries. He's in there because of injuries. But what else did he say? We asked him, do you want to see him play 20 minutes a night? And he was like, God, no. 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 <laughs> the only people who want to see him play minutes, 20 minutes a night are the Bruins fans who just can name four or five players. Yes. On the Bruins roster. Who want to be mad about something. Yes. If you think that the Boston Bruins are not better off right now as a team without Zdeno Chara, you are more concerned about being mad. Yep. I guarantee you, if you look at somebody's profile who's making that argument and you scroll back about two years, Mm -hmm. they're going to be begging to sign Milan back. We need physicality. Let's get Milan back. Like it's going to be, it's the same people, dude. It's Mm -hmm. literally the same people. Yep. I'd like to say that it's a minority uh, within the Bruins fan base. But man, they are a loud fucking minority. <laughs> they are. They, they, it is a mind. To be fair, to be fair, it is a minority. But when you're talking about when you're talking about stuff like that, the people who make themselves heard are usually the. Um, I'm I'm going to stop short of saying uh, calling them idiots and just leave the statement at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I okay. get you, Miss Chara. I get you, Miss Chara. Yeah. I get it. Stop. Stop. There are a number of players from even recent vintages of this team. I literally have a Sean Thornton jersey hanging behind me. Love the dude. Mm-hmm. Not once have I ever said, oh, man, we need a player like that back. No. The game is changing. The players are going to change. The roster changes. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to shut the fuck up. Enjoy the team that's being put together because look at the fact that these are so many prospects that they're bringing in. So many prospects. This is literally the farm. And to say like, oh, well, these kids can't play. These kids can't do this. We're now well over two weeks into the season. And they are playing to the point where they are top five team in the NHL right now. Top five. Jakob Zaboral and Jeremy Lazan look like legitimate NHL players. Yep. That is all you can ask for. And they were a huge part of that comeback last night. Yep. A big part of it. And last last week, we brought up Carlo. Carlo's what not getting the love. His fucking... That was... Oh my God, it was such a beautiful bomb. <laughs> what an absolute bomb that was. And I, if he 
s- continues to develop that part of his game, the sky's the fucking limit for him. It really is. People forget. Brandon Carlo is 24. That is a young defense that we're putting out there right now. Yep. And they are playing they are playing like world beaters right now. They are mm-hmm. playing very well. And how do you sustain keeping that young core of the defense together? By having as much salary cap space as they're going to have next year. Mm-hmm. They have the money to go out and get whatever fucking free agent that the Bruins fan base is crazy for. And they can go out and do that and start looking into let's let's lock down McAvoy. This year is going to be a gigantic test for him. Question for you, Thomas. He's not going to win the Norris this year. No. Does he get Norris votes? Uh, I think there's a possibility. I think one of the things that's going to stand out in in our guest uh, during the Pittsburgh series uh, from Tip of the Iceberg, he even said something like, let's see if McAvoy is, is really worth it. It's like, no, nah, we think he kind of is already. So there's, yeah. there's a, there's a story out there about McAvoy or a theory out there about McAvoy that maybe he was carried by Chara. The Boston fan base that actually pays attention to these games knows that wasn't the case. We've talked about it multiple times on this podcast, but I think that there's a really good chance that this may be some sort of a coming out party for him on a national spotlight where you're looking at, wow, the, the Boston defense halfway through the season, like they're one of the better defenses. Who's leading that fucking defense? And they're going to look and they're going to be like, oh, fuck, Charlie McAvoy. Yes. And they're going to look into his stats. Does it mean he's a Norris candidate? Maybe not. Will he be down the road? I absolutely think so. You have stayed your, your claim on that as well uh, a few weeks ago on the pod. But I think there's a really, really good chance that a lot of people are going to take notice of him and he's going to get some national recognition as being one of the better defensemen. He's coming out of his show. You can see it, that, that fucking hit that he had the other night. Yeah, the fucking hit that he had last night on, uh, I don't know, I think it was Panic. He ran him for about 30 feet and then threw him like he was a shot put right into the boards and just plastered him. Yep. He was like, he, and he, he's been doing, he's, he's been killing folks all year. He's been, he, he's been doing that all year. He stepped up physically and honestly, like just doing those little things like dragging somebody like dragging the dude a couple weeks ago out of the crease mm-hmm. at the, after the whistle or whatever, and just just basically looking at him, being like, "Dude, get the fuck out of here!" Like he's stepping up in a way that we don't we didn't see necessarily the last couple of years. He's doing those like little low key leadership things and those little low key, "This is my area" type things. And that's he's definitely the next one to get a letter next I, year. I honestly, I think that's a very, very, very likely thing because mm-hmm. honest, like look at. I don't want to play this game too much, but think about like five years down the road. Bergeron's probably gone. Mm-hmm. Marshawn maybe still there at the tail end. You know what I mean? Like I, I think Marsh. I think Marshawn. I think if you go for five years, I think Marshawn's on the last year of his deal. Yeah, like, like he'll, he's he'll be, he'll be one foot out the door. Yeah, and yeah. then and then you have like Pasta locked up. Pasta can get a letter. I don't mm-hmm. see him as a captain. Like in the locker room, like his value. Sorry, Pasta, is, we're not giving you the seat. Pasta's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just don't see him as like that type of vocal leader. He's definitely a, a clubhouse guy, and this, he's he's the David Ortiz. He's gonna make you smile. He keeps him loose. He yeah. keeps him loose. Mm-hmm. But as far as quiet leadership, and especially somebody who was alongside of a leader like Z, mm-hmm. like I think McAvoy is is that guy. 
And I, I know we're not the only people to say that. Like we've, I've seen that. I think Marky said it like he's, yeah, it's, it, no, you're he's not exactly, there. you're not exactly sticking your neck out with that. No, I, no. But I, I just looking at what this team is and trying to get a feel for like the 10, 11, 12 players who are still going to be on this team in four or five years, mm-hmm. his name is at the very top of the list. And I don't even think there's anybody else that's that close. Like number one with a bullet. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He's going to be, he's going to be the, he's, he's the next franchise corner franchise pillar. Yep. Pasternak has already established himself as one. McAvoy isn't quite there yet. He's already a, he's already a darling among the analytical circles. So the next thing that comes after that obviously is national recognition. If he continues to improve and I see no reason why he doesn't. Yep. And I think a contract will also help the, uh, the cause of looking at him in that light. Right. Uh, I thought he had an excellent series against the Flyers just a short week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you uh, What are you looking at for this series coming up? You touched on before the Flyers are are right now. They're four wins in a row, and they're beating up on teams that should be beat up on. And a little bit of flotsam and jetsam out there. They yeah. they, they just they just swept um, the Devils and the Islanders. So your mileage may vary with that. But what did Bill Parcell say? Your record is what you say. you are. You are. You are what your record says you are. And they are seven two and one so far. I think the Bruins match up very well against them. Um, they are still. They, they they haven't gained much speed in the two weeks that we haven't played them. No, they're still slow as shit. But they are. They are skilled enough, and they have a strong enough goaltending when Carter Hart isn't smashing their stick. I completely forgot when I said that they haven't had that one game where they have where they haven't blown anybody away. Completely slipped my mind that they blasted them six to one, yeah, and made Carter Hart break his stick on the goalpost. Yeah. So I apologize for that, but I don't know. I think the Bruins. I I think the Bruins easily take at least one game out of that series. You know, I would say I'll say a split. I'll say a split, but I'm not convinced. Maybe a gentleman split. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the Bruins match up very well with them, speed wise, skill wise, what have you. So there hasn't been much of a change. They've just been beating up on the lower teams. So good for them. But Bruins are still the class until they get until they get knocked off the perch, and I don't see this one be, this series being the one that does it. I, I agree with you. The Flyers are definitely a, a, a better team than what we saw in that six to one game, but they still lost six one, and they looked completely out of sorts. They looked completely out of it in general. They didn't look like they wanted to be on the ice at certain points in that game. What's and interesting about them is that in those two regulation losses, both of them were were complete just boat race boat race jobs. Yeah, I mean there was the six one game against the Bruins, and I believe the Sabers trounced him as well if i remember correctly yeah it was just a few nights before that yeah so they're seven two and one do you want to know what their goal differential is plus four yeah yeah Yeah. so when they lose they they don't go they don't go halfway (laughs) well and that's what i was about to say like the the flyers are a good team but when the wheels fall off the wheels fall off fucking hard Mm. and Mm -hmm. i uh follow a couple of people obviously we had mark on from uh getting bullied a few weeks ago and he's an Shout out to getting bullied, Mark. Great guest. Yeah. He was. 
and, and, and he's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, he is. he is extremely cynical of the team, and I love I love to see that in general. Like, tell me, like you can be a homer, you can say some fun shit, and and love your team, but you also have to be willing to call them out. And he is he does that quite often. So mm-hmm. there is definitely a contingency of Flyers fans who are not happy with where they're at and honestly surprised by their record. But just like for us, it's a pleasant surprise. You, you pull off a game like the Bruins pulled off last night. Pleasant surprise. Did I expect two points and for Washington to get zero points out of the game? Fuck no. 35 minutes in that game. I didn't think that there's no way, Mm -hmm. but they did it. So we'll take those little gifts and the flyers have been taking a couple of little gifts and ultimately I still think, including the Capitals, those are the three best teams in this division. And they're it's definitely be, starting to separate themselves away from the pack. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. And and honestly, I've I had the Islanders up there in the top four and watching them, they're just not there. And they're not, not there. to say that they won't be. There's still a lot of time left. And, they're not and, there. The Devils are still a year away. They're very, very greenhorn, very yeah. young. The Rangers are a circus. The Rangers can score. The Rangers have some good, some talent. They do. Rangers, they do. Rangers have problems, and the Rangers aren't aren't ready. The Rangers aren't ready. The Rangers have problems. Those of you who are listening to this right now are probably knowing that are probably noticing what I'm hinting at, and I just will just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have problems. Mm-hmm. They had and they had a big one, and mm-hmm. and they're moving on from it. And I am happy for that organization. I think that was the right call. I don't know how I would have reacted if that was in our locker room. Uh, the hope would be that things would happen a little bit quicker. But right. the first is, best time is to do it when it happens. The second best time is now. Yeah. So they did it at the second best time. Absolutely. And you know what? They're they're better for it. And maybe this is them turning the corner because they did get a nice W over Pittsburgh last night. So yeah, and and just to kind of put a bow on that, Pittsburgh it has lost a step a little bit and it, I, honestly i think in the bruins series is where it kind of got exposed mm-hmm. and it that seems to, oh that no can, <laughs> well i mean thinking about the last three series like i feel like in the bruins series they exposed pittsburgh just a little bit mm-hmm. and pittsburgh's kind of stumbled a little bit since then mm-hmm. against the flyers flyers coming into that series I wasn't in love with the idea that they were going to come in and do what they did. I did not think that was possible because I was, I was buying into a lot of the Flyers hype and looking at the Flyers in that second game. It was just like, uh, it is hype. And it's not necessarily the wrong kind of hype going forward in the season, because I think that team has the ability to get so much better than what they're playing. And the record kind of shows that even though we just discussed, it's a little fluky or whatever, but Records are record. That Ford, that Ford car is still dangerous. Absolutely, it's 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 a, it's a, at least a top ten in the league. You can make that argument. I'm top five, so I'd say can, top yeah. five. So they can yeah. score. They can score, and they can put a game out of hand. They just didn't do it against the Bruins D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we walk into Washington, and we play the team that is number one in the division and has shown that they're number one division. And we hand them the first regulation loss. And we come back on them two nights in a row. One night we finished it. One night we ran out of time. But mm-hmm. that's okay. I, I think even though the Bruins aren't number one in the division right now, they have shown that they are the class of this division. And Amen. I don't think as a Bruins fan or 
uh, a Bruins podcaster, we can really ask for much more because they are giving us plenty to talk about and they are giving us plenty reasons to have hope that towards the end of the season, we're still having podcasts talking about what's next for them and not what do we do next? Like, where do we go from here? So that's that's a positive thing. This is, this is a fun year for the Bruins so far. Has it been perfect? No, there's been some moments of imperfection and some questions and stuff, but to sit here and really make an argument against the Bruins or make an argument that the Bruins are not in good shape. I, I won't be hearing that slander right now. There is that there is a, what did you say at the very beginning of the season? This, at this podcast, you made, you made one, one very large rule. There is no Cassidy slander in this nope. house. <laughs> There's none. 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 Love so, Yes, no. He's 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 one of the best. He's one of the best. He's one of the best coaches in the NHL, and that's not those aren't homer glasses. You can't, like you said, can't ask for much more. Six two and one. That's oh, six one and two. Excuse me. Yeah. That is four. That's fourteen points out of a possible 18. 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fourteen out of a possible eighteen points. Where we're standing right now, especially considering. Um, the uh, relax episode where the the house was about to burn down, depending on who you asked. Can't ask for much more than that. No. Just another thing we were right about, dude. I know. All right. So you got to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of, uh, of, of being right, I'll go ahead and put my stamp on my prediction for this uh, two game flyers set. Go for it. One thing that stands out to me is, as we just discussed, 6-1, to one, the Bruins fucking stomped them. That was on the road, and I know there's no home fans mm-hmm. or fans in general. Mm-hmm. But there's still, there's still a home ice advantage. There's still home ice advantage, and they're probably thinking of that complete ass beating. And I think for that reason, the Bruins will not walk away with both wins clean. Will they win with both games? I think it's very possible. Will they win it clean? When I say that, I mean without lots of physicality that we saw. A pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a pound of flesh is, is a great way of putting it. Do I think they're going to win both games? I kind of do. Will I, will I guarantee it? No, I think I'm actually on the same page as you, splitting the series. Perhaps a, a three out of four point thing is very possible, and I would probably say that would be my prediction. I do not think we're going to win both games clean, though. And the bigger story here is going to be coming out of this unscathed. Uh, we've already lost Grizzlick for a short period of time. Grizzlick, um, DeBrus, Kasha. We're yeah. doing this. We're doing this with a with a uh, with a walking infirmary. Yep. So just keep that in mind. It's even more impressive. We're doing this with Connor Clifton being on the second pair. Like, what do you want, dude? I don't know how to feel. Uh, we actually, we agreed on these, uh, these predictions and I kind of, I kind of like it. It kind of makes me feel like we're getting on the same page and the chemistry is flowing, but I don't like the opportunity to not be right over you right now. Well, let's just say I got sick of being wrong. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, but I, I will say this, if we're right, it's because of me. If we're wrong, it's completely because of you. Good. Great. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fair, right? 
Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair in this household. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right, brother. You got anything you want to say or thank or whatever? Um, nope. Uh, I just released a mailbag for B&G. It just came. It just dropped today. Uh, give that a read. Um, it's basically just a continuation of um, telling people to calm the fuck down and why, you know. But you guys still had questions of people we should we should uh, we should acquire, including Tony D'Angelo and Alexander Barkov. So go ahead and read that. <laughs> so go ahead and read that for my responses to those questions. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of B and G, thank you as always to to Mark, the head of B and G Productions, for uh, for helping us out and making sure that this show goes off and uh, and gets in the ears of of all our listeners through the Black and Gold Podcast Network. Hi, right, dude. All right. I'll talk to you later. Take care, dude. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's a mori. What? It's a mori. I just farted.